Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people. You are in the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It's Victory Lane. We had a surprise person there this past weekend once the rain finally kind of cleared. Justin Haley, Inspire Motorsports, really just did that. They really did it to him. They won at Daytona. How? I'll explain. Uh, At least try to for you guys. Ross Chastain, I call him the boss, the watermelon man. He did it as well. We're going to talk about that briefly, plus a Kentucky preview and, of course, lug nuts of the week. I've asked you guys for the past two weeks what I should do to open the show, and none of you have hit me up. I'm specifically looking at you, Diego Alvarado, and you, Heather Dubow, and if my boy Jordan Goldberg's listening, maybe him too. What should I do to open the show? Because I don't want to keep putting in this random meow, but I'm going to keep doing it until somebody lets me know. Okay? Okay. Okay. Coke Zero Sugar 400 from Daytona International Speedway. Guys, it is Thursday, July 11th. It is almost 2 p.m., and Justin freaking Haley is a Cup Series winner. What the hell just happened? I'm going to try to jump right to it. Well, well, first, we had rain. Let's talk about that. So the race was postponed from Saturday night to Sunday afternoon at 1. Now, people are saying, oh, why don't you run the race at 11? Simple. TV. Uh, the Women's World Cup Final. Shout out to the women. Crazy game. Love it. Uh, wasn't even a crazy game, just like crazy that like they did it again. I love them so much. Alex Morgan, I love you. Um, so that was at 11, so everybody in the country was watching that, so they couldn't do the race at 11. So the race began at 1, and people were watching weather all day long. So let's jump to the final stage. Rain is in the area, and the caution is out, okay? So Kurt Busch and some others, they are staying out on the racetrack. Kurt Busch is the leader at this rate. They're staying out in hopes of NASCAR calling the race. Then they say, one to go. NASCAR does. So Matt McCall, Kurt Busch's crew chief, comes on the radio and says, hey, Kurt, one to go. We're going to pit this time. And Kurt, you heard it on Radioactive. He's like, guys, we did all we could. I I like this strategy. You know, we'll we'll drive back through there and we'll get him. So the one car of Kurt Busch pits, along with everybody else that was staying out on that strategy. Landon Castle was among them. I believe Corey LaJoy was among them. The one car, or maybe one or two, that does not pit was the 77 Spire Motorsports Chevrolet of Justin Haley. Why? They got nothing to lose. And Justin was saying, look, I see these ominous clouds up in front of me. I'm seeing some lightning strikes. Like, I'm not going to pit here. Like, we have nothing to lose. Why not? So as they're coming to the green flag, Haley is on the bottom, going to restart as a leader. Lightning strikes within the eight-mile radius. And NASCAR has a lightning policy that whenever a lightning strike is recorded in an eight-mile radius, the lightning clock is activated. Sounds pretty, like, intense and nerdy. But essentially, there's a red flag for 30 minutes. So let's fast forward 28 minutes. There's two minutes to go on this lightning clock. And then 
we get another lightning strike in the radius. So as guys uh, are buckling into the race cars to get back going, they have to buckle out and hop out of the car because there's another lightning strike. He got to wait another half hour. And in that half hour, the rains came hard, real hard. And about two hours later, two hours later, Justin Haley is declared the winner of the Coke Zero Sugar 400 in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at Daytona International Speedway. I had to say all of those technicalities because I still cannot believe that that just happened. I wrote WTF in my notes. Insane. Spider Motorsports, they had not finished on the lead lap all season. I don't even know if they have in their existence. Best finish this season, 28th. And here they are in a makeshift victory lane at the World Center of Racing. Like, like what? This does not happen. And and we're gonna get to we're gonna talk briefly about the big one that happened prior to that, but I'll just mention it now. So that wadded up 19 to 20 cars. Justin Haley was not one of them. He was running 27th. 27th at the time of the big one. Just eked and sneaked his way through there. And what do you know? He wound up a winner in his third career start. There's been a lot of hate on social media for Justin, for Spire, everybody involved. I I get it. It's kind of BS the way that it all played out. But don't don't twist my words because, listen, Justin Haley did nothing wrong. Spire Motorsports did nothing wrong. NASCAR, you could argue that you disagree with their call, but they did nothing wrong. The lightning policy is in place because, unfortunately— a fan was struck and killed by lightning at Pocono Raceway a few years ago outside of Turn 3. So they're doing it for the safety of the fans. You could argue NASCAR should have gotten the track dry and then got back green. Steve O'Donnell said, look, by the time we did that, it was going to be 9 o'clock Eastern at the earliest, a full 26 hours after we were supposed to start this thing in the first place. So we called it. In my opinion, as, as drivers say, to a fault, it's one of them racing deals. It happens. It sucks that it happened. You move on. So let's hear from all the winners in, involved in this entire ordeal. Justin Haley, let's start off with him, the man of the hour. It was kind of hard for him to stay where he was in the pack, but his plan was to just finish on the lead lap, moreover get a top 20, maybe a top 15, a top 10. That's a win. A top five. Oh, wow. You're, you're, you're talking crazy now, but an actual race victory? Crazy talk, but... That is what he got. Pretty wild. Well, it's hard. Um, obviously, Spire Motorsports is a new team, and they don't have much over there. So this is one of their only cars, and, and I junked their Taudea car, which Peter was pretty mad at me for, but I hope I made it up to you oh, with yeah, no this doubt. one. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard because you have to stay close enough to the draft to uh, stay with the draft. Uh, you can't lose it because then you'll go multiple laps down. But you have to stay far enough back that if a, the big one does occur – uh, you can avoid it, which we did perfectly there on that last caution. So it's definitely a, kind of like a chess match of of keeping a gap enough but not losing it. Um, so strategically today, I was just riding around, uh, and I, I would have been really happy with a lead lap finish. Um, this is not my only third cup start ever. So, um, you know, I, there was no expectation to win. It wasn't even a thought in my mind. Um, I was really focused on the Xfinity race. Uh, when I finished second in that it, to Ross, it was – it was a bummer, but um, happy for everyone at College Racing. But to come over here with Spire Motorsports um, and, and do something pretty special with a with a new team is is definitely uh, unbelievable. More from race winner Justin Haley. When the big one happened, where was he in the field? 
far far enough back that I could miss it, but far enough in that I wasn't. I was still in the draft. Um, I don't know. I was probably far f- five car lengths. Twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Yeah. Sure, twenty seventh. But that really don't mean anything, does it? I mean, there were three by right in front of me, so um, I know I barely got it slowed down. And the biggest thing when they wreck in front of you like that is is there's multiple people behind you, so they could run in the back of you. So not only do you have to take care of yourself, you have to look in your mirror, trying to avoid the wreck in front of you, and and um, make sure the guy behind you is not running into you, which which was key. So Keith Barnwell, my my spotter for this race, did an excellent job and and managed me through it. And um, I don't know, it's pretty cool. And Justin's 20 years old. You probably maybe have heard his name in the Xfinity series as he's driving full-time for Colleg Racing in the number 11 uh, Chevrolet. And he also made the championship four in the Gander Outdoors Truck Series last year for GMS Racing. But, like, where did this all start? Well, the answer is quarter midgets in Indiana. I believe the town that he's from is pronounced Winnemac. He shared some embraces with his family, his uncle Todd Braun, who owned and operated a team back in the day, I believe, in the nationwide, or nationwide Bush Xfinity Series. And he was asked to try to reflect on you know what this means for him and his entire career, albeit not a long one. I mean, he's 20 years old. He's younger than me by three full years now as I celebrated my 23rd birthday. Jordan year, shout out. But he tried to reflect on it. It's, it's kind of hard for him to do in the moment, but I listened to some other stuff that he said this week on talk radio and on television, and this one, it kind of encapsulates most of it. I personally feel like I had the desire to, to chase, become, chase becoming a race car driver. Um, I convinced my mom to, to let me get a quarter midget. At, at first, she said, as long as you can convince your stepdad to do it, um, then y'all can have fun. And that, that wasn't too hard of a convince, being he's a, a gearhead himself. So without them two, my stepdad and my mom, uh, obviously, this wouldn't have been possible. And, and everyone else in my family for believing in me and giving me faith. But um yeah i don't know it's pretty surreal all right here's where we get to the interesting and the fun stuff co-founder of spire motorsports tj puker he wants to set the record straight on why spire is here who they are what they're about and to all those people myself included who are a bit skeptical of them and are hating on them they can stick it where the sun don't shine here's tj (laughs) enjoy the beeps how do I feel? Uh, I probably couldn't explain. I don't. I think you guys probably all want to go home after the weather this weekend. But um, it's surreal. Um, it's obviously a huge, huge moment to win in the pinnacle of our sport um, at Daytona. No, I mean this is it, right? This is the world center of racing. I mean it says it on the wall. Thank you for the cue card. Um, it's just it's 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 a huge deal for us. Um, we just want to be in control of our own destiny. You know, and we've put a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets in this garage, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that think we're doing this as a cash grab, the way the charter system works, and that's just, quite frankly, that's not true. Um, Jeff Dickerson and I said, we believe in the sport, we believe in the platform of, um, that NASCAR provides, right? This is, um, this is the American dream. I've been coming here, sitting on that lawn since I was 10 years old, saying one day, we're going to do this, you know, and... Um, is this PC in here? How does that got to work? Because, I mean, like, we did it, right? It's like, it wasn't pretty. I've lost my fair share of races. We've dominated races. I, I, you know, I grew up working for Todd Braun. That was my first big job. Um, but I've been in racing all my life, you know. My dad was a chassis guy for the Rapid Roman Hall of Famer Richie Evans, right? So, you know, this isn't new to us. We've been doing this a long time. 
and we're trying to build something. Um, but the way that this shook out in November of last year, um, you know, Five Hour was a client of ours. Furniture Row was a client of ours. So this is this is bittersweet, you know. Love Barney Visser, love the Visser family. Um, Joe Garoni sitting somewhere. I hope he's on his boat enjoying this, but but it's hard. You know, those those were that's our family, you know. So yeah, this means a lot. It's a big f- deal, but this is um, this is um, we did it early, um, and and look, uh, it's not lost on me that luck was on our side today. But um, I'm not going to feel bad about it at all. I'm going to love it. So. Well, you know, we're just going to continue the little engine that could and build this thing as best we can and go from here. And he shouldn't feel bad. I-, I ain't faulting him for it at all. This guy keeps it real, to be honest, which I think is very refreshing and, and nice to see. So I- I'm going to try to break it down for you guys, like what this whole Spire deal is. It's kind of still confusing for me. So what happened is uh, TJ Puker and uh, Jeff Dick- Dickerson, they, they're the co-owners and founders of Spire, they bought the Furniture Row Racing Charter from Barney Visser for around $6 million, as you either heard it there and you're going to hear it in the next clip. They took a loan out from the bank for $6 bucks. Like, they don't have money flowing out of their pockets. Um, but what everybody is kind of up in arms about is the fact that, well, they're, they're, they're buying this charter for really cheap. They're going to be able to make that $6 million or so money back in a couple or a few years and this win goes a long way in helping do that. And then when they do that, they're either going to sell it for way more than they bought it for, probably get around a $10 million net gain, or the option that they say that they're going to do, and that is on the other side of this, is that in 2021, when the Gen 7 car comes about, they're going to be able to have a good infrastructure in place when it comes to people, drivers, sponsors, equipment, and they're going to be a viable option to compete for race wins and good finishes in the cup series. Now we don't know if that's going to happen because this is 2019 and that's 2021, but that is what TJ Puker and Jeff Dickerson are trying to do. So I'm, I don't know the guy I'm going to take him at his word for it. I will admit I, I still am a little bit skeptical because it's one of those deals where it's like, all right, the drivers that are driving the 77 this year are paying to be in the ride. So it's not like Spire spending money to go get a driver um, they have no aspirations of running well at all. I mean, it, it's basically just they're doing this to do it at this point. Some people are calling it a cash grab. It, it's still somewhat confusing to me, honestly. I would highly encourage you guys, if you're more interested about it, to go read Matt Weaver's column on autoweek.com and then an, an opposing viewpoint, uh, Jim Utters on motorsport.com. I, w- I would highly encourage you guys to go read those. So what does the future of Spy Motorsports look like from here on out? Well, is it going to be a cash grab or is it going to be something that stays for the long haul? We're going to find out eventually, but we can't do anything right now but wait. We want to compete with the big dogs, and that's why we're here, right? The messaging from the France family, in my opinion, for, I don't know, the last 18 months is a good one. They're, They're trying to rebuild this thing. They've taken a ton of hits. Right. But I'm also smart enough to know that this is their sandbox and we want to play in it. But we made that choice. Right. Jeff Dickerson and I are not wealthy people. Right. Went and got a six million dollar loan from the bank. So you could have done it, too. OK. So to, to, for, to sit here and say, I don't understand it. I don't know what these guys are doing. You're here. It's like, 
You know, this, this is this is NASCAR, right? A lot of us grew up in this. To, to finish first, you first must finish. You got to be in the field. You know, this this is. I mean, back in the day when we were kids. I mean, all of us. I mean, how many? I mean. All these guys from short tracks growing up racing in the sport. I mean, Ross Chastain. I mean, per, you know, it's like <laughs> we're all just trying to fight and claw every day and make it. But, you know, it, it's our passion and we love it. And, um, you know, just, just trying to build something here that we can have, that we can, we can go compete with the Lions of the sport, the, the Hendricks and the Ganassis, the Penske's, the Stuart Haas's. You know, we're just not, we're not there today. But today, um, for whatever reason, I, I could take you down a thousand things. Um, <laughs> destiny. I don't know if Leffler was toying with me all day, right? He drove for me for seven years with Todd Braun. I don't know if he couldn't wait it until he thought I was going to have a heart attack and he let the skies open up. You know, Clawson. I mean, a lot of the guys that have been around us and what we've done, like, this isn't new for us. You know, this is this 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 stage and this win is new for us, but this sport and this garage, man, we get up and we breathe it every day and, and we fight and, um, <laughs> That's what we're going to do tomorrow, too. I mean, I'm going to enjoy this a little bit for sure. Um, but tomorrow's Monday. we got to get to work. Crew Chief Peter Suspenzo, who's been in the sport for ages that I learned this weekend um, and also has a hell of a good Brooklyn accent. I could listen to him literally all day. Broke down the decision-making process of keeping the 77 car out on track. Well, my thought process was even if we have four flat tires, we weren't going to pit. We were going to ride it out and hope, hope that we, uh, you know, get something with the weather in our favor. It was more lightning than it was actually rain at that point in time. But I know every 30, you get 30 minutes every time you get a lightning strike within seven, eight miles, whatever it is. So it was our only option to try and steal a win, if you want to call it. But uh, there was no way we were coming in. I was actually surprised that a couple of guys in front of us pitted in front of us. But my mind was made up. Really, my mind was made up when we got back on a lead lap and uh, noticing that the rain was coming. And I said to myself then, I said, if we get in a position, I'm not going to pit. I don't care what happens. And it just worked out that way. And it was a long time waiting. Obviously, I don't know how long the rain delay was. It had to be like, what, two hours? Yeah, it felt like 20 days. And it's been hot down here. It's been a tough week on everybody. You know, everybody working, the pit crews, the, the guys working on the cars. It's just been hot and rainy. You know, you're fighting weather, fighting this, fighting that. And we just wanted to come here today and just have a decent finish, not have any issues, and just finish where we were, you know, not getting caught up in any wrecks. And, you know, it just worked out. It doesn't happen that often. No, it does not. You can say that again. Uh, you had William Byron, Jimmy Johnson, Ty Dillon, and Ryan Newman Round out the top five finishers with Corey LaJoy, career best finish in sixth, Eric Almarola, Matt DiBenedetto, Matt Tift, and Kurt Busch rounding out the top ten. I mentioned a little bit earlier the big one took out about 19 to 20 cars earlier on in the race. And then before that, there was kind of a mini big one that took out the likes of Daniel Suarez, Daniel Hemrick, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Not Lifting Brad. That should be his nickname, Not Lifting Brad. Eh, I, nah, I don't like it. It's not really going to stick. Um, overall, a solid race. I, I would really say that this was a solid, solid race. The ending kind of took some of the pizzazz out of it, unfortunately, which that's going to happen in big time auto racing, but it is what it is. Congratulations to Justin Haley. I still can't believe that you're a cup series winner, my guy. Let's hit on the circle K firecracker 250 from Daytona. And I love opening segments like this. 
Ross the Boss, the Watermelon Manchester. He wins it for Colic Racing, their first win in NASCAR Xfinity Series competition. They win all three stages, and they cross the finish line one, two, three. An absolute banner evening for Colic Racing. This one was also delayed a little bit for rain, but we got the entire thing in, thank God. I feel like I'm overdoing it, but can we just recognize what Ross Chastain's last 365 or so days have been ridiculous. Like you have everything from losing the DC solar thing after he got the DC solar thing and showed that he was worth it in the Xfinity series with Chip Ganassi racing. That whole deal fell apart. Then you had him declaring for truck points starting from zero after he declared for Xfinity points, getting the win, getting that win taken away, winning again, Winning another time in the truck series and now winning in the Xfinity series. It's insane, like what this guy has done. And now he can add a Daytona trophy to his resume. And he is a winner in the Xfinity series at one of the most famous tracks in all of racing with Colleg Racing. How about that? Man, I, I can't walk. I don't, I don't know. It's all a blur, but it all starts with people. I mean, it's not just a PR thing you say. It's for me, this is what it's all about. It's all about the people. Um, and the people that got me in this car and, and then Matt colleague, Chris Rice, helping put all this together is, man, it's just, it's great. It's what the good Lord puts in front of you. And, and he put these people in my path for no reason that any of us saw coming. And it's all for a greater reason. And I'm good with whatever he gives. And it's been the darkest of times, but it's also been the best times of my life this year. And getting to work and getting, I mean, like Chris said it earlier, five years ago or so, me and him were fighting for you know just mad at each other all the time like physically i thought we were gonna fight and and when this deal came together he called me said come up to the shop we're talking alone nobody else was there we sat we stood in the middle of the shop he explained his side i explained my side we shook hands and we said we're gonna go take over the world and that's what matt collie wanted to do with us he wanted us to to go win trophies go trophy hunt and I think I'm going to drive this car and take it up to your house because I don't I don't think I'm ever going to get the right to drive this car again because I think it's oh it's done it'll never race again you'll see it in a museum at college racing it ain't pretty, racing we can build some more didn't you see them other two yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's that's I don't know how to describe my race so I mean super aggressive um, almost wrecked down there and won with Justin as just how you have to be and I told these guys at the beginning of the year especially after the first Daytona race I said if you seeing how how much track position meant if you want me to race for the win we may crash on lap five and they were good with it um the only thing was don't crash with your teammates so at least leave somebody out there for colleague racing to go win so bringing three cars here was was unprecedented we got 16 car in victory lane i mean it's um it's incredible team owner matt colleague who seems like a pretty cool dude broke down his feelings following the first victory in the organization's history and to go one two three kind of we'll get there uh, that's pretty sweet as well. Like extremely sweet. Uh, you know, we talked all week. Actually, we've been talking for a couple months about tro- just uh, trophy hunting. Uh, that's what we've been calling it, just trophy hunting. And we said if uh, at Talladega we had two cars in the race, and if we didn't wreck them, then we'd run a third. And the only reason we didn't run four today is because we don't have enough cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, no, Ross ran a great race. Uh, really proud of him. Really proud of the whole team. Uh, Chris, Alex, I mean, everybody involved um, did a great job and uh, couldn't be more proud. First win, we're at Daytona. Crew Chief Alex Yance, I think that's how you pronounce it, Yance, 
He was the man who made the calls. He's not really a usual crew chief in the Xfinity Series for Colleg, to my knowledge, but since they had three cars, they needed somebody to step up there, and he did, living his dream all into victory lane. Oh, this is amazing feeling. Like I kept looking around at the car chief and Chris, and I, I was like, is this really happening? This is really happening. Not only did we win, but Colleg Racing just finished one, two, and three and swept the stages. Like, I mean, it was it felt like it was a dream, and obviously a dream come true for sure. You know you love, you've heard this guy's voice before. Team president Chris Rice, also one of the really good guys in the garage. Kind of beating a dead horse here with the one, two, three thing, especially because we're gonna get to it in a second, why that wasn't the case. But he was over the moon. Huge night, but not only is the first win, one, two, three. I just told Matt riding over here on the golf cart, I said, you know, our first year looked too easy. We made it made the playoffs with Blake Cook. We made this look too easy. I don't expect it anymore. So <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Ross Chastain, Justin Haley, AJ Allmendinger, hats off to those guys, but everybody at College Racing is what made this happen. And now for the bad news. Womp, womp, womp. Xfinity Series director Wayne Auden explained for the second week in a row what happened in post-race teardown to disqualify the third-place finisher, A.J. Allmendinger, for his finish. The reasoning? Vacuums? Post-race teardown. Uh, What a great – let me say this. It was a great great day for Colleg Racing. Um, Matt Colleg getting his first win, which has been an owner in our garage area for about four years now, so it's really cool to see him get a win and – um, all the hype of finishing one, two, and three to uh, going to a, sort of a little bit of a low that uh, third third place finisher AJ Almendinger's car number ten uh, we DQ'd um, post race teardown uh, <clears throat> all of our races we check uh, a vacuum test on the cars and the engine would not uh, hold a vacuum so uh, looking at parts on the car we found a uh, discrepancy. Uh, in one area of the car that should have held the vacuum, and it didn't. And so we've advised uh, Matt Collick, the owner, crew chief Chad Kendrick, and team manager uh, Chris Rice uh, that uh, the 10 car would be DQ'd. Let's look ahead to Kentucky Speedway, party people. The Quaker State 400 is the main event this weekend, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBCSN. It is a triple-header weekend. As I'm recording this, the Truck Series will be in action tonight. Uh, but let's focus on the Cup, guys, as we always do, because we got limited time and limited resources here. We got we got bandwidth issues, people. Team Penske, really good here at Kentucky. Martin Truex Jr., also really good here at Kentucky. But the new package this year may even the playing field a little bit. Brad Keselowski leads all drivers with three wins at the 1.5-mile track, and Truex has the last two victories coming in back-to-back years. He's obviously a favorite coming into this weekend. Kevin Harvick, my eye is on him. He's not one at Kentucky Speedway in his career, one of, I believe, two or maybe three tracks on the Cup Series circuit that he's not one at in his career. I kind of feel like I say it all the time, but this might be that week for Kevin Harvick to finally break through and get into victory lane. Uh, another storyline that I'm looking at, Hendrick heating up. William Byron coming off of a runner-up finish, his best career result. Jimmy Johnson, back-to-back top fives. Bowman has a win and a handful of second-place finishes this year. Chase Elliott has a win, and he got three last year. I, I want to see them do it consistently on a multitude of different tracks, but 
I like what I'm seeing out of Hendrick Motorsports right now. It's been a couple of years since they've been at the top of the NASCAR mountain, but I think they are working their way slowly and steadily back up to the top, and I think they might be in their final descent at the moment, or final ascent. Yeah, that was stupid by me. Uh, halfway point of the season. We are 18 races down, 18 races to go. We got eight races until the playoffs. Nine pole awards from five different organizations so far and eight different winners from four organizations this season. I think that's that's a little bit of a misleading stat because it's been Penske and it's been Gibbs pretty much all season long. But those are the stats for you. One last item to look at with the Bluegrass State in Sparta, Kentucky. Look for turn three as not a trouble spot, but the trouble spot for this weekend. There's a lot of wrecks there that happen because it's so hard to get through that corner and stay on the bottom hooked up. But with this new aerodynamic package and the 550 horsepower, you're going to have more downforce. You're going to have more grip, one would assume. So maybe it won't be as difficult. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that on mile-and-a-half tracks at night, this package has put on a pretty damn good show. We saw it at Kansas. We saw it at Charlotte. Even Chicago, that which was in the heat of the day, uh, but it cooled down a little bit after that thunderstorm. That put on a pretty good show as well. So I'm I'm optimistic for Kentucky. You know, sometimes it's not great. Sometimes it's really bad. I think this one, it'll be towards the good side. Lug nuts of the week! Cue the music. NASCAR has suspended Zachary E. Young indefinitely due to substance abuse. He was a Spire Motorsports jackman for some races this season. Nothing else released as of that, but uh, Zachary E. Young, you're suspended, I guess. We got Kentucky, New Hampshire, and Pocono. Those three tracks are next up in succession on the schedule, and they are all going to be using PJ1 traction compound. Uh, in different grooves on the racetrack. I like that. It produces better racing on the racetrack, so I'm all for it. Corey LaJoy is going to run a Dale Jarrett throwback paint scheme for Darlington, throwing back to the his Bush Series Nestle Crunch Days. Very, very cool. My dad's favorite driver growing up, and when I was a kid, uh, was Dale Jarrett. I shouldn't say growing up. I should say as an adult. was Dale Jarrett, so I know my dad will get a kick out of that whenever he sees that. Really cool initiative that NBC Sports and NASCAR have launched. And obviously I'm biased because I'm an NBC employee, but it's called the Grassroots Racing Tour. It's pretty sweet. They're kind of spotlighting different local short tracks on the grassroots level across America. They've done Irwindale Speedway in California. I saw recently, I believe this morning or yesterday, a track in Montana where in Victory Lane there's legit a live grizzly bear that maybe is tamed and trained i have no idea but it's crazy because it literally is roaring in all of these victory lane pictures it's it's crazy so i'm all for what nbc sports and nascar are doing together to kind of look at the grassroots racing side of stuff and this could be like a different podcast but growing up in in the metro dc area as a jewish kid and like a jewish neighborhood um yeah, not that many short tracks around me. Like, the closest one's probably an hour away or so. Um, but, like, my community is just not... I mean, there's no racing in general, but there definitely isn't any short tracks. And before I covered the k and Pro Series, I, I had legit never been to a short track. The only short track that I'd been to was Bristol. And that's a short track on all the steroids, HGH, HGH and amphetamines that you could ever imagine. So, I don't know. That was just an aside. I really like what they're doing there. Brad Kozlowski and his wife Paige, 
They have revealed that the second child in their family will be a girl. Nice. Very, very fun and a cool announcement. Nice video that they put out as well. That'll wrap things up, everybody, for episode 19 of Victory Lane 2.0. Do me a favor. I know it sounds trivial, but it matters to me and to the longevity of this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Um, Spotify as well. I actually downloaded Spotify this week for the first time, like, ever. So, shout out to me. Uh, SoundCloud as well. We're there. Thank you to my boy Toby Christie uh, for putting my podcast on his website's page. Really appreciate that. Um, I was on the I was on the NASCAR Racing Weekly podcast. I believe that's what it's called this week. Um, I'm not big in like the NASCAR YouTube community, but I know my boy Darian Gilliam, Black Flags Matter. He was uh, nice enough to have me on, um, as well as his, his co-host. So I really appreciate them having me on, uh, and I'm probably going to be on the Final Lap Weekly this week as well. Toby Christie and I have been exchanging some texts, and looks like they're going to have me on their show, which I'm very excited about. Um, next week so be sure to subscribe to their show as well they do episodes every week they're really funny they got a lot of witty banter and uh, be on the lookout for me there but other than that that's all I got for you party people really appreciate you guys tuning in hope you didn't miss my friends from last episode too much I doubt any of them are listening Jordan if you are you're a real one homie Um, I'm gonna go run to work get this bread if you're in Kentucky this weekend stay cool have some skyline chili for me Enjoy the racing out there. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week to recap the racing action from Bluegrass State and preview the Granite State. Thank you guys, as always, for all the support on and offline. It does not go unnoticed, and it is much appreciated. Peace and love. Talk to you guys next time.